When something traumatic happens to you, someone stole something from you. Let me play my part. Check to hate. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. Help Girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. No, it's cool. It's interesting. I think about it, so bringing it back to the mission, the idea of a trauma survivor being told, well, you know, treating people this way or, be, or that way, being a predator, um, it's it was in their DNA. They couldn't help it. It was their, they were predisposed to it. Mm -hmm. Well, what if you came from that and you share the DNA and look at how many people have to grapple with those kind of questions? I find it, um, I find it, uh, how can I put it into words? Like I want to defend those people and say, no, that's not who you are. That person made a choice. And maybe they had some kind of messed up tendency, but they made a choice and that's not who you are because you come from that. So that's one thing that I would want trauma survivors to think about and to know is that if you share DNA with your abuser, that's not a prison cell for you. That's not a prison sentence for you. That's not who you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's absolutely not. And it's, um, it's, it's trying to uh, sort of you know, when you're, when something traumatic happens to you, you feel like uh, someone stole something from you. Hmm. Right. Is that fair to say? Sure. Yeah. Um, and so when you have that feeling, it's very, uh, it's, it's, you're trying to find what was stolen. So you're always sort of looking, uh, sort of, sort of looking back. Right. And that becomes your identity is your past instead of looking at the opportunities that are in front of you. Um, and the fact that you are a survivor, uh, and not a victim right. and it's in, in switching that mentality, you know, one, the serve, uh, the victim, you know, operates in fear. Like we had said before, mm. you know, you're always afraid of becoming the victim again. Uh, so that stops you from moving. Right. Um, and as we know, uh, you know, if water is stagnant, you know, we're a lot of water, but if water stagnant, doesn't move, it becomes a swamp. It becomes dead. Hmm. Right. It becomes just this, this bog where we want this movement to happen again, like a stream. Right. And so we want to take the position of a survivor and that survivor is empowering, right? You're encouraging and you're encouraging other people who feel like victims to be, make them get into that or to get them to see that they're a survivor, that they're able to, uh, experience uh, life still. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I walked, I walked out today and, uh, you know, it's, you know, there's no sun, it's, <laughs> it's cloudy, uh, it's raining. And I'm just like, you know, the first thing you go is, you know, man, you know, this is going to be a long day yeah. and you step outside and I feel the raindrop on my face and I'm just feeling the water touch the skin. And I'm just like, the fact that I get to experience this moment right now, uh, and, and no one else does, um, you know, one in 7 billion people are walking around the earth, uh, in this present moment. Right. Right. And it's like the fact that you get to experience it in this moment 
and nobody else does, uh, I don't know that there's something beautiful in that, you know, right. and, and though there's tragedy to, to stories and, and all the things that are happening, there's still something very, um, beautiful that, uh, <laughs> that all these people can get into cars right. And not get in accidents. Right. You know, it's, you know, we don't focus on that. We look at all the accidents we do get into and I know I'm jumping around. Um, but it's, you know, all, all the, all the people that go out and then still get home safely. Right. And it's just, there's, there's art in that. There's a beauty to that. There's a harmony, uh, in that and seeing that, uh, and getting a victim to see that is difficult. But once you do, it's, um, you know, you start to see life all over again. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's not this trap. It's it literally is amazing that uh, you get to experience it in a sense because I think it was like point zero 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 one percent chance that Earth even happens. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Let alone getting to meet any one person. Like her best friend said that at, at her memorial. Like, think of the chances of anything in the world happening, and everyone in this room got to hang out with Kel. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> well, we always go uh, every every day. Um, every day, something impossible happens. Right. You know, how many conversations do you get into? You go, oh, that was that was impossible, and it's like the impossible is every day, all the time, all the time. I think about that. I'm not a mathematician. I might just be about to embarrass myself. But <laughs> there's this this idea of you know, in in early in school, you learn square root of negative one is not a thing. It doesn't. There's no math for that. It can't work. But then if you get into further on advanced things every now and then there's a proof that requires you to accept the square root of negative negative one and it's going to sit here and i just think about that that there's nothing there's no field of study you can get into where accepting the impossible isn't now and then required and i think it just reminds us that we don't we can't fathom the complexity of, of this place and i hope that there's something positive behind it like that there's something beautiful, something connecting, uh, some kind of connecting thread that maybe it doesn't always feel that way when you're in that isolated dark spot, right? As a survivor. Yeah. That you can reconnect to somehow through through recovery and hard work. So let's yeah. talk about the recovery piece a little bit. In in your studies, you're studying to become a counselor? Uh, yes, a counselor. So uh, I'm studying to become a licensed, uh, a licensed counselor um, and it'll be in uh, co-occurring. So it'll be both with uh, alcohol and addiction. Um, and, uh, it'll also be in clinical. Okay. Yeah. So dealing with mental health and people who are, uh, who are experiencing uh, addiction. And so taking those, so in, in the past you've had to go to an addiction counselor or a clinic, right. That right. just worked with that. Um, or you went to an actual, uh, a mental health clinic and that just worked with that. Right. So if you're depressed, the depression might actually be from the drinking or the drinking might actually be from the depression. Sure. Right. But in the past we've just sort of, uh, divided those two. And so the communication, uh, hasn't always been the best. Um, and it's been hard for people to sort of get from one to the other, uh, and having to go to two is, is just, you know, it's, it's inconvenient, right? So we are creating sort of this, uh, it's, it's relatively new in a sense, uh, and it's co-occurring disorders. So it's people who get dual licensure and LPCC, um, uh, which is a licensed professional clinical counselor. And then the LADC, which is licensed addiction, uh, licensed addiction drug counselor, um, and so having those dual licensures, the person only has to come to one person. Um, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm working towards. And is it obviously the, besides the obvious benefit of they don't make another trip across town, is it also this piece of, um, it's a holistic approach. Like you're mm. seeing the whole human being, yes. you're not isolating the addiction from the other piece of it, right? The other, you know, mental disturbances and things of that nature, especially with, 
with eating disorders, there's a high co-occurrence with, with addiction. And for some people, they're addicted to their disorder. Mm-hmm. And people talk about having to try to let go of that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and one of the things that I, that I want to emphasize is uh, it's in an individual experiencing depression and their addiction, right? It, the individual is not their addiction hmm. and uh, whatever it is that, you know, their depression or whatever label that we use in order to help us reference what mm. they're going through. It's they're experiencing it. I hate the idea of someone's identity becoming a prison cell. Like I talked earlier yeah. about your DNA, your DNA is not a prison cell. Well, your yeah. label is not a prison cell. Mm-hmm. And I like to think that people can reinvent themselves any day of your life from zero to 99 years old. You know, if you're a hundred, just go with it. You've got the momentum. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, but seriously, this, this idea of, of, um, you know, yeah, you have your identity, you have your, your history, um, and the decisions you've made good, bad, and different, but it doesn't have to be a prison sentence. Absolutely not. Yeah. We have the, uh, humans have the power to, uh, to convince themselves to live in their own prison or, yeah. uh, or build their own paradise. It's absolutely within their power to do so. It's whether they're, um, it's whether they feel empowered or encouraged to do so. Right. So someone, I know you're still in your studies, but I'm trying to picture this in practice. So someone walks into um, your counseling office. You say a few years from now you finish your degrees. Mm-hmm. Degree degrees. <laughs> Just well, it's degree. it's two things, right? Yeah, it's it's two things in uh, in one degree. One degree. Yeah. Okay. And. And you need to empower this person. Maybe it's a sexual assault survivor and they're struggling with, um, you know, drinking or something like that. Yeah. And you can talk to both things and let them talk to both things in a typical sense. Uh, what does empowering that person start with for you? Um, empathy is going to be the first thing. Uh, you're opening up with already understanding, already uh, not understanding the individual because you haven't heard their story yet. Hmm. But you're understanding uh, or having an idea of where that individual is coming from and the experiences that they must have had along the way. So opening yourself up um, as warm as you can uh, Hmm. is what I would say. Um, Because they've, in order to get to the point to where they're seeing me, it's been a cold world for them, right? Life has been pretty cold. Hmm. Um, and so for the first time, maybe for some of these individuals, they're going to come across life that's warm. And that's me with a big smile on my face. There you go. Um, and cause I, I genuinely want to hear the story that you have to talk about. And then also just by them talking about their story and being able to just process their story with somebody else who genuinely cares about what they're going through and genuinely wants to uh, help them through that process uh, is very therapeutic. It's um, and so that's how you start it. You start it with uh, you know that that greeting that that equal uh, level of saying, "Look, I'm not here to tell you, you know, what to do or right. what you are or who you are. I'm here to listen to who you are, mm. and then by listening, I'm going to help you." Um, answer uh the i'm gonna help you answer the questions that you already know the answers to guide you to your own wisdom yep kind of yeah so you talked about creating your own reality creating your own paradise your own prison your own hell all those sorts of things when you were at our event we played the documentary which is on our youtube channel i want you to hear me the kelly nicole story um we kind of followed that up with a panel on gaslighting and you had a, a lot of cool questions and comments and everything like that 
which can be someone else handing someone a, a, a reality that's false and saying, here, live here, because as long as you're there, I'm safe and I'm not a, I'm not a criminal, I'm not in trouble. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about someone in a situation like that, rebuilding the actual reality, saying, okay, wait, maybe this stuff really did happen. Maybe I wasn't crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can, if I can do that the best way. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the biggest thing would be as far as trying to take back a sense of self that you sort of given up and, uh, and allowed someone else to sort of direct, uh, direct you. Right. So gaslighting, um, just to sort of define it is when, you know, someone comes in and, or you're in a relationship or you're, you know, they've made you believe, uh, things that aren't true. Mm. Um, and because naturally we suppress a lot of the trauma that we go through. Um, like if you get into a car accident, most people won't remember the whole experience because the mind will literally take you out of that and then put you back in when everything's settled. Right. So you wake up wherever. So the processing, the experience still happens, but whether you process it or not, or remember it is different. Right. And so when someone comes in and they say, no, like, that, that didn't happen. You know, mm -hmm. you start to question yourself, you know, like, Oh, did that happen? Did I make that up? Um, and sort of th the best way to go about rebuilding it is, is talking about it, to be honest. Um, because it's the only way that you can find clarity in your own mind to be able to process this thing that you, that you know has happened to you. Right. Right. Um, and then getting the proper guidance. I, I, I wish I had steps uh, sure. to share or like principles that someone could grab onto, but it's very much a, um, and this is why I got into counseling, um, because it is very much a, uh, it's a, um, when you start to, when you, when you connect with a counselor and you start to allow yourself to feel vulnerable in that position, it opens up so many doors that you didn't even know existed. Hmm. And that's when all of the actual information starts to come out. Um, and when that information comes out, you start to, it, it's not even a question of whether that person, uh, gave me an idea that I now think is my, you know, like, oh, I, 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 you know, the person says, uh, you know, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. And so you, you believe it, but when you start to unbutton mm. and you start to really dive into some of those things, you start to, I mean, all that information comes out. And so you go, yeah, no, that definitely happens. And then it's working through that. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is from Amplified!